Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Business Casual. I'm your host, Miles Brown. Today's topic is finding a good relationship in today's society um, and then marrying that person. So a little bit about myself. Um, When I was young in college, I had walked away from what I know to be true. The Grove system of college had taken over my mind. I had already been slipping into sin and degradation my last year of high school with becoming sexually active. Um... And my mind had been overtaken and clouded. I wasn't able to properly use the Holy Spirit, which even back then dwelled inside of me because I know the truth. I understand where wisdom comes from. I understand that the Bible was the true living word of God. But I had grown weary of good works. I had become tired. I had put myself in a situation where I was ready to experience what the world had for me and no longer truly put God's will at the forefront of my life. And it had disastrous consequences. Um, The first consequence was having an abortion at 16 with my then girlfriend. So one thing that always comes from sin is death. Sin leads to death. Um, And the enemy comes to kill, to distill and to kill, steal and destroy. And at that season of my life, he had already killed my seed because I was fully on board because of society with having my child terminated because I didn't want to deal with the consequences of sin. I didn't want to deal with what it meant to be a man, what it meant to have sex. I just wanted the pleasures of the world, but I didn't want the consequences. And even at that moment, I knew my mind was weak and being destroyed, but I was just having my conscience seared so that once I got to college, it could get worse. And so when I got to college, I dated very, very beautiful women not because they were good people, just because they were beautiful. These women were not only beautiful, but they were very, very smart and intelligent. Uh, Some of them were older than me by a good amount. And that wisdom and 
knowledge that they had about being out in the world, they were able to use that to manipulate me. They were able to use my blinded state because the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, it had not left me, but it had I had been get, given over to wickedness because whatever you feed grows and I fed sin and the sin in my life grew and grew and grew. But the Holy Spirit never left because I still had a conscience. I still knew that what I was doing was wrong. And so I dated these women and I was easily manipulated. I was easily given what I wanted, which was sex. And these women could do pretty much anything they wanted and sex me good and put me back to sleep. Not allow me to understand my true value and what I was worth because the sin that I had allowed back into my life, that I had allowed in my life, was separating me further and further away from the Holy Spirit and from hearing the voice that speaks in a still, quiet voice that, hey, this is wrong. It became easier and easier as my conscience became seared and seared from all of the sex that was just blinding me. The pleasure had overtaken me in ways that all of the things that I knew to be true, I disregarded those things. And it leads me to a state that the world is in. Eventually, once I was done with being destroyed by these women, once I was done I realized that the only person that I truly could blame once I stopped being angry at women, I truly believed that the only person that I could blame was myself. I allowed the sin. I allowed the degradation. I allowed the Holy Spirit to be quiet in my life. I allowed a season in my life to be ruled by darkness. And I had no one to blame but myself. I wasn't myself. I was a man captured by sin during those times in my life. And I look back on those times, and when I'm talking to college friends, we go, oh, those were such good times. They were so fun. They were this, they were that. But deep down, I truly understand that I would never want to return to those days. I would never want to be that foolish. I would never want to be that far away from God. There were so many near-death instances. There were so many times where chasing or defending wicked women almost led to my demise or being killed or being disabled or maimed or run over by cars or shot. There were so many situations where a drunken night could have ended with a phone call to my parents there were so many situations where the devil seek to destroy, but God had his protection over me. There were saints praying for me. There was a Holy Spirit 
that was sent to me that was ministering in the background of all of this foolishness that this was wrong. This was evil. That what I was doing, there were there would be consequences to it, even if I didn't receive them at that moment. The consequences I still to this day live with guilt and shame from the quote unquote best years of my life, which I know is a complete falsehood. Once you're in Christ, you know that latter is greater. You know, the longer you live, the better life actually becomes when you understand the true will of God for your life. Um, and it leads me to what's going on in today's world with the vaccine and how we were under such tyrannical pressure to do what the world would have us to do, to go against our natural judgment, to know that most of these vaccines to be approved take about five, 10 years to be thoroughly tested well enough to give to the general public. But because most of us are blinded by sin and wickedness, we're willing to do whatever it takes to keep the pleasure train going, whatever it takes to keep the money train going. And the father says in the Bible, those who seek to save their lives will lose it. But those who give up their lives for me will gain everlasting and eternal life. And that used to just mean, oh, man, turn away from your sins and, you know, God will give you a better life. But in today's perilous times, in the last days, what I've realized is that God is speaking in wisdom and those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, he will lead us to life because we won't be directed by the world and society and what all of these people are saying. And we'll be able to clearly hear that small voice, still voice that says, hey, something's wrong with this. Hey, these people are telling you safe and effective, but their words for safe and effective aren't the words that they used to mean. Their words for vaccines have changed from immunity to mitigate symptoms. Their words for safe and effective used to be based on 50%. Now it's based on emergency authorization of less than 20 or 30%, even less than that. And they still calling these things safe and effective. And one of the things that I've learned is that sin clouds your vision. Sin wants you to put everything in a perspective of pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. What am I losing at this very instant that I want back so bad that I'll take even a placebo or I'll inject myself with wickedness to continue my life, to save my life. But in saving your life, you inherited death. But losing your quote unquote life, you gained eternal life with Christ. 
And I really want you to ponder and think about that. If everything that I'm reading about the DNA, <clears throat> your the, the mRNA technology, being able to send spike proteins into the liver, and once they get to those liver cells, the liver cells are basically what they call eternal cells. Those liver cells are being transcribed with the RNA going into the cells and recreating DNA. The spike protein that creates the immune response is supposed to stay in your arm where the injection site is in that muscle. But those spike proteins are being found all throughout the body in the lymph nodes. Most of the lymphatic system in your body, they're being found in genitals in women's ovaries and in men's testicles. They're being found um, everywhere that they can be found. They've even passed the blood brain barrier and they've been found in <clears throat> in the brain. And once they get to the brain, they're creating neurological disorders. And I don't know if you guys have seen the adverse event sheet that has been put out of over 1,200 adverse reactions to the vaccine, which I think within itself is telling because they put out 1,200 adverse events in a document that the pharmaceutical companies wanted to keep under wraps for 55 to 75 years. But I also feel like there's degradation in that because some people will say, well, yeah, they wrote down every single thing that anybody ever had. They're hiding the truth under so much information that you can't even see which ones are the most prevalent because true statistics would show, okay, out of all of these adverse reactions, which ones are showing up the most? The top of the list would be myocarditis. The top of the list would be pericarditis. These are two heart inflammations. The top of the list would be neurological disorders like Guillain-Barre syndrome and a bunch more that have harmed the cognitive abilities of people who have taken some of these mRNA vaccines. The top of the list would be facial paralyzation, which is also a neurological disorder. Um, that a lot of people are suffering from uh, uncontrolled twitches and things. So them putting out all of those adverse events can be easily explained away as, hey, we just recorded every single thing that uh, happened. So what if it's 1,200? It's still safe and effective because it doesn't harm many people. But what they're not showing you is the devil is in the details. You would have to comb through most of those adverse events to actually see the statistics of which ones are showing up more often. And then that's how you can base whether something is truly safe and effective. Because the vaccines were deemed safe and effective based off of the alpha variant of the coronavirus. And during the alpha variant of the coronavirus, 
they had somewhat of a basis to say that this thing is safe and effective because there were a lot more deaths. And even that, the devil's in the details on that because a lot of the reporting of people who were dying, they were using causal, meaning that they were using causation instead of correlation, which funny is that they kind of use that as their own talking point, but they used it against the American people and the people of the world where if you got admitted to the hospital, your causation for death could have been a car accident, could have been a stroke, could have been cancer. But if you correlation had COVID or tested positive for the PCR test, then they labeled your cause, your cause of death COVID related. And all of those COVID deaths were going through the roof because it looked as if people were dying left and right from COVID when in any data you could see no more than the normal amount of people were dying. There was no spike in the overall death until the vaccines were introduced. Then we saw a 40% uptick in deaths in people in the, uh, I believe, 18 to 50 range, where the insurance companies saw a 40% spike in overall death after the vaccines were introduced into the public. But before that, they had seen no rise. That's because people lie with statistics. The devil only comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And bringing this back to relationships and marriage, only until I stopped the sin did God give me eyes to see and ears to hear, and I was able to pick out a mate that truly meant good for me, that truly was worth building a life together. We weren't perfect. We sinned as well. But her love for Christ, her love for the Lord, her love was real. It wasn't just because she went to church. It wasn't just because she proclaimed herself as a Christian. It was that she actually loved God. And I could see that. And until then, I didn't put that as a high marker for why I would be in a relationship with somebody. And that's why my relationships failed. And I think today, the reason we can't see that the government is trying to destroy us is because we're in love with sin. We're in love with the world system. And the government is promising us access to the world system. But there's a new world order coming on the world. There's a one world currency, a digital currency that is being propagated That'll probably come from the dragon family in China. There's a situation that's brewing where all the things in revelations, the mark of the beast, where you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark of the name of the beast that shall be worshipped. But the one thing that I'll say is that through it all, God will favor those who love him. God will make a way for those that when we're troubled, he will love us. He will take care of us in perilous times. He never said we wouldn't go through anything. 
He just said that when we go through something, we'll have something far greater. We'll have him. And today I just want to end today's broadcast with James 1. And I'm going to read from the NIV, NIRV, to make it easier for people to understand. I, James, this is James 1. I, James, am writing this letter. I serve God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sending this letter to you, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Facing all kinds of trouble. My brothers and sisters, you will face all kinds of trouble. When you do, think of it as pure joy. Your faith will be tested. You know that when this happens, it will produce in you the strength to continue. And you must allow the strength to finish its work. Then you will then you will be all you should be. You will have everything you need. If any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. For it, He will give it to you. God gives freely to everyone and doesn't, he, and doesn't find fault. But when you ask, you must believe. You must not doubt. That's because a person who doubts is like a wave of the sea. The wind blows and tosses them around. They shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. This kind of person can't make up their mind. They can never decide what to do. Here's what believers who are in low positions in life should be proud of. They should be proud that God has given them a high position in the kingdom. But rich people should take pride in their low positions. That's because they will fade away like wildflowers. The sun rises. Its burning heat dries up. The plants, their blossoms fall. Their beauty is destroyed. In the same way, rich people will fade away. They fade away even as they go about their business. Blessed is the person who keeps on going when times are hard. After they have come through hard times, this person will receive a crown. The crown is life itself. The Lord has promised it to those who love him. When a person is tempted, they shouldn't say God is tempting me. God can't be tempted by evil and he doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted by their own evil desires. These desires lead them on and drag them away. When these desires are allowed to remain, they lead to sin. And when sin is allowed to remain and grow, it leads to death. My dear brothers and sisters, don't let anyone fool you. Every good and perfect gift is from God. This kind of gift comes down from the father who created the heavenly lights. These lights create shadows that move, but the father does not change like these shadows. God chose to give us new birth through the message of truth. He wanted us to be the first harvest of his new creation. Listen to the word and do what it says. My dear brothers and sisters, pay attention to what I say. Everyone should be quick to listen, but they should be slow to speak. They should be slow to get angry. Human anger doesn't produce the holy life God wants. So get rid of everything that is sinful. Get rid of the evil that is all around us. Don't be too proud to accept the word that is planted in you. It can save you. Don't just listen to the word. 
You fool yourselves if you do that. You must do what is what it says. Suppo suppose someone listens to the word but doesn't do what it says. Then they are like a person who looks at their face in a mirror. After, after looking at themselves, they leave and right away they forget what they look like. But suppose someone takes a good look at the perfect law that gives freedom and they keep looking at it. Suppose they don't forget what they've heard, but they do what the law says. Then this person will be blessed in what they do. Suppose people think their belief, their beliefs and how they live are both right but they don't control what they say, then they are fooling themselves. Their beliefs and way of life are not worth anything at all. Here are the beliefs and ways of life that God our Father accepts as pure and without fault. When widows are in trouble, take care of them. Do the same for children who have no parents and don't let the world make you impure. And I just want to leave you guys with one more thing. Society is telling all of us you shouldn't have kids. Society is telling us that life is being rich, traveling, having the best food at all times. But I come today to tell you that that is really a plot of the evil one. He doesn't want holy seed being re reproduced in this world. A lot of times the devil doesn't come to kill you. He comes to kill your seed. He wants to steal your generational lineage in this world. And he wants to destroy God's word that would have been passed on through that, that lineage. So once again, he comes to kill, to steal and to destroy Sometimes it's not just to kill you, it's to steal your generational line, it's to destroy God's word that those generations could have spoke to the people of the nations to save them. Sometimes your life is not your own. And when society is telling you to not have kids, when the pressures of life are telling you you can't afford to have kids, what it's really saying is God is a liar. Being fruitful and multiplying won't bring you anything. But what I come to tell you today is not having children is probably the worst thing you could do in life. Children bring discernment. Children bring dedication. Children make you give you a better character. Children give you direction in life to know what's worth doing and what's not worth doing, because not only are you looking after yourself, you're looking after those who can't look after themselves. And God loves someone who takes care of the little ones. And especially the little ones that he's giving you. So don't allow yourself to be destroyed. Don't allow society to talk you out of getting married to someone who has a love for Christ. And first and foremost, you need the Holy Spirit. So you need to give your life over to the will of God. You need to accept him in your life as your savior. You need to understand that his word 
is the true and living word, because without that, you can't receive the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the wise spirit that pulls you away from degradation, pulls you away from sin, saves you from the clutches of the society and this world by speaking to you in a small, still voice that, hey, that's wrong. The road that leads to the straight gate is narrow, but the road that leads to destruction is wide. Ask yourself, are you on the wide road that leads to destruction? Are you on the narrow road that requires something of you every single day to put one foot in front of the other to stay on that narrow path? Because if you don't have that one foot in front of the other mentality, if you don't have that narrow path, that narrow path thought process, then it's you probably don't have the Holy Spirit. And to gain the Holy Spirit, it's not good enough just to know these things. You have to walk in them. You have to live them. You have to put God first in every single thing that you do. And if you don't. Destruction is your way. If you don't, society will confuse you and trick you into doing things, putting things in your body, worshiping beasts, worshiping idolaters, worshiping yourself to the point that you don't even understand what true real life is. That's the wisdom that God promises that he will keep himself first in your life because having him is greater than anything in this world. He that lives in me is greater than anything that lives in this world. And the Holy Spirit lives in me. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will live in you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today. Thanking you and praising you for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray that this word has touched them, garnered their ears, opened their ears to hear, opened their eyes to see, exposed the devil and his own wickedness. And Father, I pray, Lord, that they be able to understand that the things that I'm saying to them is to help open their minds, their bodies, their souls to you. Nothing is of for me. It's all praises unto you. And Lord, I pray that this touches somebody's heart and soul, allows them to pick up the word, allows them to pray to you, allows them to fast, to get away from the evil one. And that generational curses are broken. And in your name, I pray and give you thanks and honor. Amen. Hey, crowd. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. I'm your host, Miles Brown. And until next time, peace.